welcome to Backlog Buster Season 2, Episode 10. I am the Trash Turkey. I made it through Thanksgiving. I hope you did as well. I'm here on this episode talking to my fellow Backlog Busters, and um, you might know them. Uh, I'd like for them to introduce themselves and tell them, tell, tell you, the listeners, what they are thankful for. So, first, uh, because he's right underneath me on our little recording thing, I'd like to hear what the math man is thankful for. Math man, introduce yourself. Greetings, everyone. My name is Ryan. You may know me as Mathman1024 because that's a really cool number and I'm a math man. Uh, I am thankful for, well, I'm thankful for each and every one of you. I think it's still kind of neat. I was even talking about it today, how, you know, all of us being relative strangers on the internet have come together and have developed friendships and we get to do this podcast together. And it's something I look forward to every month. And I'm just very thankful for, I don't know, getting to know you guys. Well, I am also thankful for that. I'm thankful for you guys. Um, this is an awesome time to be able to get together and talk about games. And like you said, just coming together. I'm thankful for everybody who has stepped it up this year. Um, when I have fallen off the truck and, uh, but sometimes I'm able to, to be on. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm thankful for you guys' friendship. Um, Patrick, are you thankful for friendship? I am more than thankful for friendship. <laughs> In fact, I cherish all of you dearly, not just on this Thanksgiving week, but all year round. But I'm also thankful to be able to talk about video games. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do and to be able to, I don't know, share those experiences with the ones that I value their opinions and of course the ones that I love, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I'm just generally thankful. And Mike, are you also thankful for friendship? Oh, absolutely. I couldn't be more thankful for friendship <laughs> if I tried. And believe me, I have. That being said, <laughs> uh, no, in all honesty, guys, this has been an amazing year. I never would have guessed that sitting here at the end of what most people would say is the worst year that we've had in our lives, that I can sit with this group of people and say, you know, this is one of the the absolute best things to come out of 2020 because I remember it was the beginning of the year, January, when I got the message from Serge to say, that said, hey, do you want to come uh, come record with me? It'll be, it'll be fun, and I promise. No, really. It's not a joke. This You aren't being punked this time. And I was only punked twice. No big deal. <laughs> but aside from that, aside from that, um, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful that we have people who take the time out of their, their week, their day to listen to what we have to say about video games and the random stuff that we come up with. <laughs> There's people that listen to this. I mean, my family listens. I assume your guys' dues too, right? Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yes. And um, thank you, Mike. Um, and there's one more person here who I know is not really thankful for friendship. 
Um, he's often grouchy. He is often um, 75 hard. I don't know what it is, Serge. Tell tell the people who you are, Serge. So you just ruined everything I had prepared. I was going to make a joke and say something funny after you asked me if I was thankful for friendship. But no, that's okay, Mr. Gobble Gobble. <laughs> I am just going to verbally go somewhere with all of this. And I'm going to start at the beginning one, I am thankful that I grew up a math boy and did not turn into a math man. But I did eat 1,024 numbers and turned into a fat man. A fat man in Vegas sitting here on the floor because the couch is too far away from the computer and uh, it was dead and I had to plug the power cord in and all kinds of bad leads from there. But I'm thankful that there's this really cool echo when I talk, slightly minor. But what I'm really thankful for, Turkey, is that you practiced the intro and didn't flub any lines. You you did it like a champion. I'm very, very proud of you. You've come a long way in the last three years, which, oh. by the way, this is it's almost December. And you and I started the back blockbusters as this little goofy thing to talk about games, even though we didn't play them. Mm-hmm. And the first thing we released was like in December, three years ago. So we've literally been talking to each other for three years. And I am unbelievably grateful that you've been putting up with me for three years. Um, I am thankful that we now have Mike, Patrick, and Ryan who have been putting up with us for a full year. Because it, it takes a certain kind of person. I mean, we've brought other people onto the podcast. You know, we had like the Mega Dads. And I don't really think they jived with us well. Nintendo Guru had no clue how to figure out how to talk about E3 the proper way. And but this group, these five elite gamers, as I have heard people on the outside call us, mm-hmm. we have all come together after Thanksgiving. And uh, I'm thankful that I can sit here and talk to you guys. So maybe maybe I am thankful for friendship. Well, I'm thankful for your friendship. And yes, three years, it's pretty crazy to think that we've been doing this for three years. And um, anybody out there listening, um, if you've been listening for three years, uh, first of all, I'm sorry. Uh, secondly, <laughs> <laughs> secondly, thank you. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun to be able to talk about games and uh, record together. Um and to add some new faces, some new elite gamers um, that play current gen games, uh, folks that have, I don't know, slept outside of GameStop to, to pick up PS5s and Xbox Series Xs, um, you know, because tonight we're going to be talking about last gen. That's where I live. I live like last, last, last gen, but... Um, we're going to be talking about just the last gen, um, and we're going to we're, we're the systems we we roughly are going to be talking about, or at least a game, our favorite game from those uh, systems: the PS4, the Xbox One, the Wii U, the 3DS, and the Vita. Those are kind of where um, my mind was at when I um, when I was trying to figure out what is less last gen. Um, and, and by the way, Serge, I always flub the intro. I'm always going to flub everything that I say 
it's because it's late here and the turkey needs to sleep, but he's going to be drinking coffee. So um, tonight with our last gen talk, um, we're going to do something a little crazy because we always like to do something crazy. We're going to have, we we had Thanksgiving dinner with our families, but tonight we're going to have the backlog buster last gen Thanksgiving dinner where we get together and we bring a dish because who wouldn't want to bring a dish to the dinner party. Now this dish is going to be your favorite last gen game described as a recipe. And so the other backlog busters will get a chance to guess and see uh, after you describe your recipe, what that last gen game is. So let me give you an example. One I came up with was a recipe I called buckets of biscuits with various jellies. Um, And so the ingredients in this recipe uh, include two pounds, Benny the bull rump roast cubed, a half cup of Glen rice. And what you do with this, uh, the instructions are light it all on fire. Um, And so uh, you might know what game I'm, I'm describing here. It's a little game a last, 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 last gen game called NBA Jam. So, um, I don't know if that's clear as mud for all the listeners. Uh, are there any questions out there from uh, the other backlog busters on their task at hand? Yes, I, I have. I have one question. Yes, sir. So, what is the origin of that title of your dish? Um. So. <laughs> Uh, 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 the, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, in basketball, uh, you would say like, if you got a basket, you might say, you know, or baskets, you might be like buckets. So okay. buckets is kind of, and, and I believe, um, what is his name? Uh, Naismith, um, uh, the, the guy who invented basketball, James Naismith, I believe used a peach, uh, basket. Right. Um, yep. um, so, and, uh, of biscuits, um, which biscuits, uh, I just kind of made. It, it rhymes with baskets. Yeah, yeah there you go. Like it. <laughs> and, and, and jellies is, uh, you know, instead of jam. So NBA jam. Oh. Yeah. See what I think we should do. And this is just, you know, I'm you know, just pitching ideas here is we have to describe what our title means after we figure out what the game is or how we came up with it. I a hundred percent agree because uh, you guys are going to be like, what are you talking about Turkey? (laughs) So um, if there are no questions, I can go over uh, some of the community. Thank you community who uh, on Twitter told us what their last gen favorite uh, game was. Um, onion head guy guy, which I mean, that's a great username, is it not? It, perfect, perfect for this challenge. Um, <laughs> his was Dark Souls 3, which mm-hmm. uh, he said was not a crowd favorite, I believe, but uh, you know, I think you need to like the games you like, so good on you, onion guy guy. Oh, sorry, onion head guy guy. I don't want to <laughs> um get that wrong. Octo taco. Um, one of our, one of our good friends, uh, she likes overcooked for the PS4, Gravekeeper, oh, yeah. Xbox One, Fantasy Life for the 3DS, and Pikmin 3 for the Wii U. 
all wonderful games. Any any favorites? Um, I've got. I picked up Fantasy Life uh, not too long ago off of eBay mm-hmm. uh, to uh, to play at some point, but it's currently on the backlog. Um, backlog burner. He's got uh, God of War for the PS4. So that's a that's probably a uh, a lot of people maybe on their list. Um, Skinny Matt K has Breath of the Wild, which uh, on Wii U, the uh, the version on there, which I I uh, I also played Skinny Matt with the uh, with the gamepad mostly only on the gamepad, so the lovely 480p and Ergamon Ergamin 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 has uh, <laughs> uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Knights and Bikes, Concrete Genie, and Wind Waker remastered. So, and yes, we do think that the Wii U is still last gen because I think that the Switch is current gen. Uh, and Scaredy Matt, uh, he loved Spider Man on the PS4 and Bloodborne, Persona 5, and Zelda Link Between Worlds. So, that's the communities game of the last gen and um i think we're going to start with mr mike mike what recipe are you bringing to the table tonight well before we dive into the delicious dish that i brought today uh i wanted to let you guys know that i took a second to ask my family what their games of the generation were and they are as follows my son dominic some of you may remember him as, as gom uh, said Red Gom. Dead Redemption mm-hmm. 2. Yeah. How is, how is Gom? How is Gom? He doing okay? He's doing amazing. He's doing amazing. He's growing a beard, rocking a, a leather jacket, uh, looking at motorcycles. I'm not concerned. Not not at all. Man. Regular <laughs> Alfa, uh, Fonzarelli. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> my my three-year-old said Untitled Goose Game. Ooh. Uh, my middle daughter said Bendy and the Ink Machine, and my wife said <laughs> Bayonetted 2. Okay. All, All right. good choices. Mm-hmm. I haven't played most of them, but I will say, because they're your family members, um, all good choices. Well, you know. should definitely check out Untitled Goose Game. I think it'll yes. drive with the turkey. Huh? I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my dish is very, very quickly named because I didn't realize naming the dish was a good thing to do. Um, Sega's Panzer Pizza. The mm. <laughs> crust is a delectable strategy title. The sauce is um, a top tier anime art style. The cheese is in-depth character development, and the toppings are World War II-inspired story. What game mm, is I my game of the generation? Sounds This is delicious. available on All right, so pretty much everything. Panzer Dragoon. <laughs> good, good guess, good guess. That was a couple of generations ago, though. Generation. I mean, the pan, Panzer was in the name. Already. It was, yep. it was re-released. Um, that is true on the Switch, though. 
Uh, Sounds like Valkyrie, Valkyrie Chronicles 4. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That would be My next it. Guess was a lead beat agent. <laughs> Valkyria Chronicles 4 <laughs> is absolutely one of my favorite games of the last generation. Um, and it took me a lot to come to that decision because it meant excluding games like Mario Maker and uh, Hellblade and Rise of the Tomb Raider that I wanted to to include. And that's just the tip of the iceberg of the games that I had to cut down from. Um, the reason I didn't include Mario Maker, which I think most people would have guessed was my my obvious choice, was because it ain't what it used to be, you know. And and coming in March, they're doing the worst thing they could do. They're stopping us from being able to upload levels. I know there's a two, but it's just it's just not the same. It's just not the same, Why guys. It's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to the topic at hand. Valkyria Chronicles 4 is, <laughs> like I said, a strategy game that takes place in um, a fictional Europe-esque a world. A <laughs> universe filled with games, yes. Um, and you take the role of uh, Claude Wallace leading a group of intrepid rangers to the <laughs> through the war effort against the the empire because it's always the empire. And uh, the the things that I love about the game is that it really takes the time to focus in and let you get to know every character in your squad and helps you to connect with each and every one of them. So they all feel special and it hurts if they die and it makes you want to start over. Uh, if you lose somebody and it makes you go the extra mile and I, I don't want to ruin the story for anybody because it's fantastic. Um, I feel like I could have done a better job of explaining this game, but it's <sighs> so good. Hope you guys don't mind pizza for Thanksgiving, though. Is that all right, guys? I know it's not no, a traditional no, that's, dish. That's but... good. Hey, I'm all about non-traditional Thanksgiving dishes, as you might imagine. <laughs> um, I've never played it. I think it's a little... Well, you know, I'm not like a huge anime guy. I mean, there's some... But the art style in that one with the... It has that cel-shaded uh, art style. That is just really cool looking. Um, and uh, the strategy, if I'm not mistaken, is a little bit more real time as well because you get to kind of, you play the battle. Um, at least it's not just send your troops out and see what happens. Like you're actually <clears throat> like shooting the enemies. Is that correct? Yes, but no. It's a blend of turn-based and real-time. Um, so on your turn, you can move um, characters based on the amount of uh, like points you have. And each character costs one point to move. You can move a, char a single character multiple times. And while those characters are moving, the enemies can react to them um, with like... <clears throat> an overwatch type effect like you would see in XCOM so they can shoot at you if you walk into their range but the same works against the enemy too so if you set up your troops strategically you can take them out on their own turn 
Okay. Well, that and, sounds like a game that that uh, is kind of like uh, what is that Steam World a little bit maybe. So the mm, the reason I, I put how well, hands, compare. Uh, well, I I have never played Steam World game so or not Steam World. I'm sorry. What's the uh, what's the uh, the Steam, Steam World heist? No, 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 no. Well, that as well actually might actually be um, what I was. Uh, a similar combat system in the in the turn in the fact that it's like a grid based movement type of deal like but yeah yeah that was where it ends yeah okay were you think turkey's lost i will were were you thinking of of codename steam i was thinking of codename steam yes that's what i was thinking it's it's a lot closer to that but the cool thing is is you get a, a top-down view of the battlefield in Valkyria Chronicles, where in Codename Steam, you don't get that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and to explain the title a little bit, uh, the reason I said Panzer is because a main focus of your army is controlling tanks. So, it's it alliteration. Pizza, Panzer, mm-hmm. peas. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Uh, I get it. Pasta. <laughs> Ah, yeah. Um, well, Pierogies. speaking of speaking of peas, I think the next person with their dish should be Patrick. Oh, sure. Yeah, I can do that. I mean, I got one right here for all of you. Um, you know, make sure you have an appetite for this wonderful meal because I'm calling it the roasted med, uh, the roasted meat medley with a whipped purple shake. So this mm. is a two part. This is a two-part recipe. The first, of course, is the meat medley, which requires four pounds of any mix of exotic meats. I myself used bat, crab, monkey, and elephant. Uh, one cup of rum from a boot. Risky, I know, but adds a certain je ne sais quoi. Uh, five tablespoons of dried rotten turnip tops. It, turn, it, it gets a little weird here, but they don't call this dish exotic for nothing. And then salt and pepper to taste. The second half is the shake itself, which is four fingerling purple potatoes mashed, uh, one can of tinned tuna, mermaid free, uh, three cups of self-aware squid ink. It's a little warped, but you can tell they just want it to help. And uh, stir with a freshly sharpened bolo knife. FYI, if you can drink this down, you'd be a full hero. Now, mm-hmm. there are instructions involved with this, and they say, shake it up and make that meat dance to finish this transformative meal. And don't forget to work the, these belly busters off in the weeks to come, because you'll half wish you weren't what you ate. Man. 100% easy. Echo the dolphin. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Serge, you took my answer. Dang it, how did you do that? Oh, I read the show notes. <laughs> I think so I might know, but uh, anybody else, anybody else have, have a guess? I have a serious guess. Okay. Search. Uh, she is a half genie hero, Ooh, and yeah. not in a half shell. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Chevelle. No, that's not oh. it. Oh. Cheryl. No. Closer. What is it? Uh, Shante. There you go. That's right. 
Shantae, half genie hero. <laughs> I was thinking Splatoon when you went squid, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you saved me squid in the end. Man. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the reason I picked Shantae, half genie hero, for one, because it was the Shantae that released on last gen. And uh, honestly, one of my favorite platformers for the PS4, Xbox uh, One, and so on. And my Shantae journey really started in that generation. And the reason that one in particular hooked me was because I discovered this late as a Kickstarter campaign because I guess WayForward was struggling and really wanted to get a new Shantae out, but they needed the help of the crowd. And it was kind of, it was kind of cool to see that everybody else really wanted Shantae as well. And then they were able to release the physical version of it and all that. And, you know, other than we actually got a new Shantae, it's a fantastic platformer to boot with tons of fun Metroidvania style action. And that's my story and I'm sticking to it. So I've not played a Shantae game before. Is the, when you said Metroid style, Mm -hmm. are there, so is there some upgrades you have to get, some backtracking, some double Mm -hmm. jumping? Yep. Some things yep. as such. Yeah, as so things. so as you progress through the story, you'll learn uh, dances that will allow you to turn into different types of animals, hence the mix of exotic meats. Oh, I Yeah, and then those animals can traverse areas that you couldn't before. Like a bat could fly, uh, the elephant can like ground pound, break bricks, things like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Are you going to pick up, or have you picked up the re-release um, of the first one on Game Boy? Oh the yes, limited I did. run. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. So, did they actually release that on a Game Boy cart? They did. Yeah. So it's being released on like the Switch and stuff as well. But then Limited Run, I guess, worked with uh, WayForward, and they created an actual repro. Game Boy Color cart that will work on, you know, original hardware, which is super cool. That is cool. Yeah. It is neat that they're doing that because I, I, I think those loose were quite a pretty penny trying yeah. to get that original Shantae on yes. Game Boy Very much or so. Game Boy Color. Mm, mm-hmm. I think it was Game Boy Color, but I don't know if you could, you couldn't play it on original Game Boy, I wouldn't imagine. Right. Yeah. I think it was Game Boy Color. Yeah. So... Well, Ryan, I think now that we have eaten a couple dishes, uh, I'd like to hear what you have brought to the table. All right. Well, this is more of an appetizer. Uh, so but this we, is called- we, we just we just had two. Okay. Okay, I've got to cl- cleanse <laughs> my palate. To hey, you know what? Take, take all the aperitif. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take all the time you need because this is a pretty big spread. I call this the All Seasons Tasteathon. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to tell you, it's very uh, heavily pun laden. So I just want you to be prepared for that. Uh, so the ingredients include 450 dashes of Carnation evaporated milk, mm. four cups <laughs> of English countryside, mm-hmm. and a splash of Lego bricks. Okay. The instructions you need to accurately measure mm-hmm. all ingredients and mix well. <laughs> <laughs> Divide into equal portions and fiat them into mini muffin tins. 
<laughs> once golden brown, take them out the oven and place them on the plate. <laughs> Lotus digging. Oh man, oh. marvelous math man. That wow. was. It's- I, I don't understand your affiliation affiliation with uh, all the the vehicle puns. It makes no sense to me when your game is obviously Mega Man. <laughs> well, I I figured it was the the best that I could do, um, and this is a dish that I think everybody can afford. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Zuh. Sound <laughs> horizon. Uh, what? Oh, four. I like it. There you go. Forza Horizon Four. But only uh, the Lego expansion. That... <laughs> well, I mean, that's it's part of the game, the DLC, and all that jazz. But uh, Forza Horizon Four was, again, you've probably heard me talk about this. It was one of those games that I played on the PC Game Pass. Um, my laptop wasn't really strong enough to run that, but it was enough to have me go out and buy an Xbox one so that I could play that for real. And I don't know how many hours I've put into the game, but it's been well worth it. It's just one of the most enjoyable games. You know, one of the best driving games I've ever played. Uh, if you haven't played it and you've got game pass, you, you need to go out and play it. It's well worth your time. One of the cool things about having that on Game Pass right now is they actually have um, in the Game Pass rewards one of the DLCs you can pick up uh, just for having Game Pass. Oh, that is cool. Well, you can pick up you can pick up one of the DLCs for free. Yeah, I was not aware of that. Interesting. I need to pick up. The Lego, that actually, the Lego expansion, I haven't even seen that, but the idea of Lego racing, I think maybe there was an old school Lego racing game on PC, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I remember that too. But uh, Lego racing, man, sign me up. I know um, Lego City Undercover, you know, there was really... I mean, you could drive cars around in that, but uh, I wouldn't consider it racing. But yeah, I would be down for a legit just Lego racing game as well. But this might have to uh, just have to do until then. Yeah, and I'll uh, be talking a little bit more about this in the what we've been playing just as a little snippet. So um, you'll hear me talk more about that Lego DLC stuff. And one of the final dishes, I'm sure served cold from Grouchy himself. Grouchy, what are you bringing to the table? Um, I'm bringing anger because you just stole my joke again. I was going to talk about how my dish was best served cold. Call it revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, what are you doing to me today? Um, I mean, this, that, <laughs> no, no, that I don't even want you to defend yourself. <laughs> Do your damn jokes. Uh, but, and I didn't copy this from Mike at all. I did not copy this at all. I asked my family what their favorite games were. My wife told me she doesn't play games. Get out of her face. I was like, oh, my bad. Um, I asked my two-year-old daughter and she said, dad, I want a baba now 
I'm like, oh, okay. I asked my five-year-old, and he said, Spider-Man, shooter game, zombie game, and block game. He played a lot. And then I asked my 15-year-old what his favorite game of the last generation was. And he said, why the hell are you asking me? You don't even let me play video games. And then he flicked his emo hair out of his face and walked away. So, uh, my family not as happy as uh, Mike's over there. But my recipe is a naughty recipe from a bad boy served cold. You take a lush green bed of lettuce picked fresh in the rain and delivered from Seattle. Then you tell your family a story while you're chopping that lettuce up and preparing your bowl. But you, you talk about this and add some spicy pickles to it. Then you get some burger made of ground, well-tenderized meat. You add a splat of mayo and mustard with a gushing of A1 sauce and a plot of revenge. And then you throw in some dried, crispy jalapenos. You stir it all together and eat it with your pregnant girlfriend. By the way, it's not your baby. And in the end, you get your just desserts. That is my naughty recipe from a bad boy. <laughs> I got to say, the pickles threw me off. Now I don't know. <laughs> I, I just like spicy pickles. <laughs> yeah, I like the wickles. I don't know. Um, anybody out there? Those are good. This game, though... Um, I'm, I'm thinking... It's a, uh, would it be, uh, maybe Last of Us 2? Hmm. Would it be the Ellie Peños that tipped you off? Oh. <laughs> you know, I didn't even catch that. No, neither. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, you were just pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I thought maybe you were in Texas and eating it like the Whataburger. And uh, <laughs> Brian knew about that. Look, y'all, y'all could have called me Professor Oak there because I was completely stumped. I had no idea. <laughs> That's okay. I still haven't even finished it. But while eating my uh, burger salad today, that was the best mm-hmm. I could come up with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it is actually Last of Us 2? It, it really is. Okay. Because uh, it is a naughty recipe from a bad boy, so that's Naughty Dog. Um, The game mainly takes place in Seattle, and that's where you get all your lush greens from. Plus, the game does have a lot of uh, grass and overgrowth. Mm -hmm. Uh, And splats, I imagine. uh, Well, there... Yeah, I mean, if anybody played the game, there was a, uh, a violent splat full of gushing A1 sauce. Mm. Yeah, uh, I have not played the game. Nor will uh, you, know, you. The turkey? No, the turkey. He plays the G games. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm pretty good at trivia. Granted, I haven't got all of these. I I did not um, know Mike's. Um, I I was thinking of Valiant Hearts, which is. N- not correct um but anyways well, um 
After yes. hearing everybody else's, I feel like I did a pretty poor job describing mine. So I'm happy anybody got it. Well, you did a great job describing it. Speaking of doing a poor job describing their game, are you guys ready for mine? Because uh, yeah, this is this is not going to go well. Okay, so this game is called is Yummy You Yams. <laughs> <laughs> it's it is it is the yummy you yams um and uh what you do is you bring three cups of system features to a boil you dump in three quarter cup of scraps of artistic platforming you drop in a molecule of sadness and then you fold in 534 reams of colorful construction paper. 534. I feel like that's a significant number. It, it is not, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this is turkey p- picking a weird game. <laughs> like, I want to say something like Katamari or there's something else there and I can't put my toes on it. Uh, I was almost going to say um, Ori in the Blind Forest, but I don't think that's it. See, I'm leaning towards I'll like give a, you some Yoshi's Willy World, maybe. But I, I wanted to say Crafted World, but I think that was this gen. It's the coloring yeah. paper. Uh, it's uh, it's on. It originally released on the Vita, but Tear also away. had a yeah. That's it. <laughs> what was it? Tear away. Yes, Tearaway. I was going to say something like Viva Pinata. What um, exactly is Tearaway? Because I think Jacob's been watching YouTube videos on that game recently. It sounds familiar. So Tearaway is a game released on the Vita. It also has a PS4 release that I think was on the PS Plus uh, at one point, so you guys might have it already. Um, but it is a game where it... I mean, honestly, if you have a Vita, it's the only game that really takes um, all of the system features and incorporates them uh, into a cohesive gaming experience where you feel like you're a part of the game. So uh, essentially the game starts out, uh, these two characters talking about wanting to create a story, and um, then they look at you, which is the name of the yummy you, Y-O-U, you are a character in the game. They refer to you um, as the you is the person playing the game. Um, and uh, so then the character, um, you poke a hole, I believe, in their world. And the front camera, the front facing camera, uh, is taking a video of you. So it overlays your picture uh, in the game. Um, as you play the game, you battle a lot of the these enemies called scraps, which is the uh, is from my second item, um, and um, it's just a artistically, it's just a really cool game, uh, a model, molecule of sadness. So the game is kind of melancholy a little bit. Uh, it is developed by Media Molecule, and it um, it's. It's a platformer, and it's like how do I describe it? Um, 
as you go through this game, there's a lot of things where you interact with it. So you might do recordings. You might make take pictures of things um, that are, you know, that you're experiencing in your world and you're putting it into the game uh, as you're doing um, these tasks in the game. And at the end, I won't spoil it, but it kind of does a cool thing with uh, incorporating all that stuff that you that you did through your adventure um, and telling the story and presenting that to the the people there in the game. So it's really a cool game. It's fun. Um, it was the first game that I actually thought I was going to get before the street date. Uh, it's street date released. I saw it at Walmart. Um, I knew it was supposed to come out in like a couple weeks. And I said, hey, can I have that game? And they said, sure. And so I got it and I took it up to the front and tried to check out. And they're like, this won't let us, uh, uh, we can't let you buy this yet. I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> so anyways, um, it's a really fun game. I think if anybody has a Vita, they should pick it up if they haven't already. It's really charming and cool. So um, one of my one of my daughters played through it and she liked it for the most part. So that is just another cool thing about it. So anyways, that's my uh, random game that I really love from this last generation. So cool. I wonder how, how well it translates to the PS4. Yeah, that's why I've not played it on the PS4. I don't know how well it would because there was a lot of things where certain parts of the game, a lot of the game, you would use the back touch and you would tap the back touch. And in those portions of the game, um, they would have like a virtual finger that would come through and break through the paper. And you would like slide your finger on the back touch and like knock away the scraps and the other enemies. So it's like you were putting your finger into the, into that world. You know, it was just a really cool, um, thing that media 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 molecule um you know did with all these things that the vita could do the back touch the microphone the front camera you know it was just a cool thing so i say check it out if you haven't already i'll put it on my wish list do it do it (laughs) so um now that we have concluded our meal um let's talk about some of the games that we've been playing um maybe if you've completed some um backlog bingo i don't know um mr ryan what do you say um the thing about the backlog bingo is that i i'm still a i'm still a work in progress so you're gonna have to bear with me a little bit but uh, here's what I can say. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to get one of the new Series X's. And so I held up on playing a lot of games on the 1S while I waited for it to arrive. Uh, the one downside is I wasn't able to immediately notice the increased fidelity and frame rate on the Series X. Um, and don't get me wrong, everything looks great. I just can't really compare because I haven't gone back to play on the 1S since the Series X got delivered. Uh, but the biggest difference for me has been the load time. Uh, It just takes a few seconds for the Series X to boot, and after the quick login, it doesn't take any time at all to get back into what I was playing. Um, So with the Series X, I said, let me try some new games. So at first I tried my hand at Tetris Effect, and it's exactly what you think it would be. It's a very pretty version of Tetris with just fantastic visuals and music and how everything is kind of timed together. Works uh, very, very well. 
Um, I've had a hard time playing it when I play it at night because my eyes get tired and it's really hard for me to kind of track everything. Um, that's just a personal problem of my own. I did play a little bit of Forza Motorsport 7 because it was supposed to be enhanced for the Series X and I played a little bit of The Sims 4. Uh, again, everything seems to be fine. It's kind of hard for me to really tell a difference and I plan to go back to them at some point. Um, I was excited to play more Forza Horizon 4. You know, I brought my dish of, you know, the four season or the all seasons taste-a-thon. Um, if you don't remember, uh, Forza Horizon 4 is one of my top games that I played in 2019. And it's still as much fun today as it was last year, uh, but even more so because of the quick load times on the Series X. I don't have to wait as long. I don't, have to, I don't have to wait a full two minutes for the game to load. And if I want to switch cars, it's actually pretty quick. You don't even really notice any time at all. It actually takes me more time to choose a car than it does for the car to load. Um, and because of the big deals they're having on the Xbox games, I was able to pick up the ultimate add-ons, which includes all the DLC for all the cars and then areas um, even the VIP badge, which doubles the rewards you get for every race. And I mentioned this a little bit before, uh, but the best part has been the Lego area. So I know, you know, Jeremy, you'd really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, the When you go through these new areas, like the, the initial uh, traversing to that new area, it kind of introduces you to the area and some of the cars are going to be driving that are themed to that area. And it was just, it brought this huge smile to my face. I, I can, couldn't believe I was playing like with Legos and they do a really good job of mixing the real world elements with what you see with Lego bricks. Um, all the events that you play uh, helps you earn Lego bricks that you use to construct your house in the Lego world. Uh, there's a huge checklist so you can pick and choose which bricks you want to acquire. Um, get the DLC if you can get it on sale. Um, it's well worth it. So I think it was $20 for all the DLC and all the extra cars and stuff. Um, but there's just a little bit of what I've been playing. Like the, the main one I want to talk about um, is, well, let me just kind of intro it for you. Uh, so I tend to bounce off games rather quickly, which is dangerous for a backlog builder. Uh, I mean, buster like me, but there was one game that quickly grabbed my attention. I'd heard great things about it, but I'd never seriously thought about playing it. I mean, I did have it downloaded. I just never booted it up. I'd watched a few streamers on Twitch play it and it looked okay. And I can't believe what I've been missing out on. Uh, the game is Ori and the Blind Forest. And it is an absolutely gorgeous game. I was instantly blown away by the visuals. Uh, for anyone who says that video games shouldn't count as art, this game will prove them wrong. I've got much deeper feelings and thoughts about the topic, but I'll table them for now. Uh, the first couple of minutes were a bit slow as it developed the background for the protagonist. Uh, but once you fully take control and start exploring, Ori is an absolute delight. Uh, for the uninitiated, Ori is a Metroidvania in the best possible sense. Uh, you take control of Ori on his quest to bring light and restoration back to the forest. Uh, there's constant exploration, combat, learning of new skills and abilities, and leveling up those abilities along with your life and spirit meters. Uh, you often find areas that are out of reach, and you've got to remember those so that you can come back to them once you've learned the right skill. The music sets the mood perfectly. When you're all alone, the music is subtle, smooth, and ambient. Uh, when an enemy approaches from out of nowhere, the tempo ramps up and really gets your blood pumping. Uh, then there are all the little sounds made by the creatures, and nothing is sadder than hearing Ori cry when he takes damage. And nothing makes your body tense quite like being chased by a huge creature while ominous music plays. And I can't neglect mentioning that Ori controls like a dream. 
it is a perfect platformer. The levels are intelligently designed in addition to being jaw-droppingly jaw beautiful. Uh, each new ability opens up new areas to explore. The abilities never seem overwhelming, at least they haven't so far. Uh, and in no time at all, you'll be double jumping, bouncing off a wall, and using an enemy's projectile to launch yourself higher, only to perform another double jump just to reach a health upgrade. It may take a few tries, but it never feels unfair. Uh, one of the best parts of the game so far is being able to create a save point anywhere you want to by using some of your spirit power. Um, you can only have one of them active at a time, but it's incredibly useful to create this impromptu save point either just before or after a treacherous area, or maybe once you get you know an item that you've been trying to go for, um, so you can do a little quick save, and if you die, you just kind of respawn there. Uh, there are traditional save points as well, and those will refill your spirit and your life gauges. Um, but it's frustrating to have to restart there every time you die, which, if you're anything like me, happens quite a lot. So instead, the quick saves can keep you from having to backtrack so much. Uh, I really cannot wait to play more of this. And if I were not podcasting with you guys, it's probably what I would be doing right now. Um, I just love exploring every nook and cranny. And... Um, after I finish this, I hope to then dive into uh, the sequel, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which is supposed to be enhanced for the Series X. Um, I can't really imagine that game looking more beautiful than uh, The Blind Forest, but I'm sure it will, and I can't wait to get to it. I've heard that the second one is, like, even better. I think... Um... I think it was Nintendo Nostalgia where I think Jacob Rush was saying that to telling someone just to stop playing the first one because the second one is so much better. And I thought, man, so if Mathman loves this one, The Will of the Wisp, I mean, you just you just might never play another game, is my <laughs> thought. Well, I think I hit an achievement earlier today of completing like 50% of the game. Um, but it's, I mean, my wife was, she wasn't really watching me play, you know, she was on her iPad or whatever, but she would look up and she would comment that the visuals, the visuals reminded her of, uh, the Pandora ride, um, at Disney's animal kingdom, which is based off of the movie, um, avatar. So just the, just the visuals, it's just, I mean, it's not just where you're where the platforming is, but it's the background, it's the foreground, all that comes together in such a wonderful way that you can't help but just want to take screenshot after screenshot. That's cool. Okay. And then one of like my okay. favorite things about Ori, um, both the Blind Forest and okay. Will of the Wisps, okay. is okay. the fact that the game is practically a video game version of like a Pixar movie. So, um, it, I mean, maybe Ryan can agree with me here, but like the way they begin both games really, but the way they begin them is they like tell a story, but the story is all told through like the visuals and the sound and the story they tell at the beginning of the first one is like a very like, sad melancholy story before the gameplay actually begins. And it reminded me a lot of like up, you know, from Pixar right. and it's just like the visuals are so well done. 
the music that accompanies it, like the story that is being told with no words, just like noises, music, and the visuals, it's truly like breathtaking and heartbreaking. And throughout the game, you keep coming into that. You'll have a couple of areas where stuff happens and there will be like a Charlie Brown voice, like making noises on screen and it will show some words or something, but it's very limited. And the game stays that way. Uh, The other thing that I really love about it is not only are they amazingly well done Metroidvanias in terms of getting powers and going back, um, but they're also probably two of the best platformers I have ever played. Like the platforming, the fighting, everything about the game, the controls are so spot on. And the way these games go, especially for someone like me, When you're playing these games, like other games, they teach you how to play them as you go along. You don't have any tutorials or something, but they give you a new power and immediately they have you use it. And then once you get good at that power, they give you something else and immediately have you use it. But the way it works is it's like, like they just, they're like training you to play through the game. For me, if I stop playing the game and come back like a week later, I'm like, oh, oh crap, okay, it was this button and did this and this. But like as you're playing, if it's like the main thing you're focusing on, you almost don't even notice that you're being trained to play and beat the game. And you'll die like 100, 200, 300 times, whatever it is. Maybe I'm just bad at games, I don't know. But the game brings you back so quick and it brings you back, back close to where you were that it's not a problem with the fact that you just died at that same spot four times because you're slowly just figuring out how to get through there or how to use a power to uh, get past something or to beat a bad guy. And like, I absolutely love these games and I really wish that hollow Knight was more like Ori because hollow Knight was another one of those games that was just remarkably beautiful and like a pleasure to look at and like fun to play. But when you died, it had, such a bigger setback and that's the end of the main reason i ended up quitting hollow knight but i was able to go through and beat ori and i'm now trying to beat you know the second one yeah i completely agree with you serge it really was kind of uh the perfect platformer because near the end of the game when you're like flipping and jumping across huge chasms and just trying to find all the collectibles and everything it just felt so good yeah, and, it reminded me of some of those weird, difficult areas that they kept throwing in the messenger, where yes, it was like, hey, yeah. you have to get this, yeah. but like you have to jump here and grapple here and then do this and then time this double jump and then flip and do this. And Ori had a lot of the same stuff, but it just felt more fluid. Yeah, yeah. See, now, Ori is one of those games that when I played it, I bounced off of it at about mm, 70% through. I just... I was so frustrated with the fact that I could never remember to save before I did stuff and kept getting sent back so far. It's definitely one I'm going to have to revisit in the, in the near future. Well, Serge, have you been playing any video games? I've been playing Ori too, and I would love to talk about it right now. Right now? Yeah. Right now. If you want, you can just cut out what I said earlier and just paste it right there. Okay. Um, but the the main thing I've been playing right now is I've been playing Ori 2, and 
Um, it does have some updated features from the first Ori, um, more frequent saves, auto saves, you know, stuff like that. And I'm I'm absolutely loving it. I have gotten frustrated in a couple of parts, but I would get frustrated on a side scrolling point and click adventure. So that doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, I've also played like a little bit of some other stuff, but currently my time is being occupied by trying to better myself. So I've played a whole lot less video games, but I've put a little bit of time into uh, the No More Heroes re-release on Switch, mm -hmm. which I'm going to say coming from a game that was waggle controls on the Wii and heavily waggle controlled the Switch port and Patrick will 100% agree with me, mm -hmm. is so well done. Oh, yeah. Like, the controls feel good. I mean, the only annoying thing is every once in a while, the camera and the camera controls, but the controls feel good. The game looks surprisingly well for being a Wii port. And, of course, the story is slightly, 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 slightly violent, bloody, off the wall, and, um, you know, very... Suda, essentially. <laughs> like, if you've ever played a Suda game and you've never played No More Heroes, within 10 minutes of being in the game, you're like, oh yeah, this is totally a Suda game. You can just pick his games out, you know, while you're playing them. And I have very little complaints about the game and the port, except for the things that I don't like are the same things I did not like in the first version of the game. And that's some of the weird super power-ups that you get. Like, I don't like the one where it kind of turns into a first-person shooter and you have to, like, aim and shoot the guy, but they automatically die when you hit him. I just, I don't like the wonkiness of that. Um, and as you play through the whole game, it is, the side missions are required to build up money to get to new assassinations. But every once in a while, you're just like, man, I really wish it just give me the money now so I can go kill a guy instead of having to mow the lawn again. <laughs> but but like the game is just absolutely amazing. It's so much fun to play in 2020, just like it was, you know, back in like 2012 or whenever it came out. Mm -hmm. um, I've also played a little bit of Murder by Numbers, and I really want to beat the game so that I can talk about it on the podcast but I got to this point in the game where there's a puzzle that, and maybe it's because I'm playing it right before bed when I play, but there was this puzzle that I spent like a week trying to fix. And every time I thought I got close, like there was two rows messed up somewhere where I put wrong numbers or something. And like I said, when I was playing it, a lot of the time I was like doing those puzzles like right before bed as I was going to sleep. And sometimes when you get to a puzzle that's like, you know, 15 by 15 or larger, hmm. one mistake looks really, really, really good until 20 minutes later when you're like that one mistake just ruined the whole puzzle. <laughs> so, um, but I, uh, I'm enjoying Picross, evidently, so I'm thinking about picking up the Picross games for the Switch, you know, just starting with one and playing it, but I'm not going to do it until after I beat Murder by Numbers. Tell you guys that I really enjoyed it. It was a fun, quirky, visual novel with a Picross 
combat system. I, I don't know, action system or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and have I played anything else? I I don't think so. I think that's been pretty much it for the last couple months. Other than that, I've been playing walk for you know an hour and a half every day and work on losing weight so that I can have a longer life to play video games. It's a good approach. Mm-hmm. Got to level up your walk skills. Mm-hmm. I, I need to level that up. Yeah. Um, I'm level, level 59 today, man. That's good. I know. I know. That's good. Um, <laughs> get a max level. Oh my goodness. Patrick. Well, yeah, Mr. Patrick. Yes. I would like you to start with No More Heroes. Okay. Okay. I can start with No More Heroes. Uh, so, yes, I have played No More Heroes 1 and 2. Um, did you play the second one, Serge? Yet? Uh, I played a little bit of it years ago, but okay. I want to beat the first one again before I can move on. And I just I haven't had the time to sit down and actually beat any of the games yet. Right. Yeah, I kind of wanted to do that too. So that was this was actually my very first time playing the No More Heroes games. And uh, I got to say, just before I start talking, that it's kind of cool that there's some intersections with the games we've been playing this past month. So we can bounce off each other. I like that. I like it a lot. <laughs> so yeah, so I've been playing No More Heroes 1 and 2. Um, and I've always been a fan of the Suda51 games. I started with Killer7. I know he did things on the PS1 and stuff like that, but they were, you know, I didn't even know about them. But Killer7 came out with Capcom. Ever since then, I've been a big fan of Suda's style, which is, like Serge was saying, really weird and violent. And um, that's really how you could describe them. <laughs> and that's exactly what No More Heroes 1 and 2 are. Uh, they're quirky hack and slashes with lots of violence and other vulgar additions. Um, but I agree. No More Heroes 1 had what well, is a really fantastic port for a Wii game. Like, you don't miss those Wii controls. Not that you ever would. But uh, the the only thing I really had to complain with, I didn't really mind the power-ups that you got. I do agree that that one where you're trying to aim and shoot the beams from your katana and it all turns into like an inverted screen that's all fuzzy. That was a little annoying, but I think my problem was mostly with the traveling back and forth in this pseudo open world trying to do all the missions and stuff like that to gain the money. Yeah, and that it, it was good. It was perfectly fine to start with, like maybe right. between the first couple assassinations. But after that, it's like you had to earn so much money and it got like even when you were getting some new games, it just it felt too repetitive and forced instead of being like, these are side missions. It was like, hey, these are side missions, but we're going to force you to do them anyway. So, yes. Yeah. And then once you get near the end of the game and you have to save so much money and have to play many of those games over and over again to get that money, it gets Mm -hmm. a little greedy. (laughs) But I, I did like it. I really enjoyed the first one. The second one actually fixed a lot of the issues that I had with the first one. It got rid of the open world. You can select the min- missions from uh, menu. Uh, the combat didn't feel as good, which I thought was kind of weird. Like it looked really good. The animations were 
much better. It felt more natural. But then, I don't know, the improved graphics with the limited Wii hardware, I guess, couldn't really mash together. <laughs> and it didn't feel as fluid or as fun to play combat-wise. And then the side missions, instead of them being kind of like you're doing tasks for people around Santa Destroy, uh, which you still are in the second one, I guess, but um, you're doing kind of like 2D 8-bit mini games, Like uh, cooking burgers for people or uh, exterminating bugs. Um, what else did you do? Oh, you, uh, even when you're trying to level up, you can go on a treadmill. And there are all these kind of 8-bit style uh, mini games, which was kind of cool. I kind of wish they did a little more than that. I did like in the original where it was, you were still in the world. It was still 3D. Like, although it's silly, the lawn mowing was kind of, it was cool in the way that uh, you weren't, you weren't expecting something like that in a game. It's so mundane and silly and you're some high profile assassin and you have to work side jobs, mowing lawns and, you know, picking up scorpions in the desert and things like Mm -hmm. that. But, uh, yeah, I thought the the second one was overall an improvement, but in many cases there was kind of steps back in the action and the storytelling. Uh, still as goofy and violent as the first, but I'm still debating which I liked more. <laughs> yeah, the 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 big thing that I really like loved about No More Heroes, which it was my main takeaway on the Wii, and I had <clears throat> I had more trouble playing it on the Wii. Because all of the all of the actions were waggle controls. All of your swings, your katanas, like everything you did was waggle controls. Um, you know, on the Switch, they upgraded it, and you're using thumbsticks. And to do a certain thing, you push your thumbsticks in the same direction. But on the Wii, you would have had to, like, do the waggle controls, sometimes separate directions and stuff like that at the same time to activate them. Right. <clears throat> but the best part about the game especially on a harder difficulty on an easier difficulty. It's not really as cool and exhilarating, but those boss fights. Oh yeah. Those boss fights are kind of, they're almost a work of art because some of those bosses are incredibly difficult and you have to like approach them in a method. You don't have to approach the rest of the game. Like you can hack and slash your way through most of the goons, but when you get to the boss, you suddenly have to like use strategy and sometimes they're like multifaceted fights and stuff. And I just, I really liked, I liked it back then and I like it now. It's just almost dark souls. Like yeah. I want to say, I like think dark souls, demon souls, whatever those games are um, where it's like, you have to strategize the bosses if you want to get through them. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, truly some of the best parts of the games. Like the characters themselves, the bosses that you fight, yeah, are probably some of my favorite parts. Oh yeah, like I absolutely love when you get to the boss in the first game that you fight in the baseball field. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, that's one of my favorite boss fights to this day because it starts with you showing up and he's like singing a song, <laughs> <laughs> and then it like goes into this cutscene and you guys like, you know banter back and forth but you're giving each other time to set up and then the next thing you know he's like pulling out guns and shooting at you and it was just like for some reason that fight sticks in my mind 
Yeah, that was a good one. That actually reminds me, and I don't know if anybody else gets the reference, but in uh, the Punisher movie with Harry Heck, and he's in the diner eating, and then he just comes in and takes out his guitar and starts singing a song about the guy who is the Punisher and saying that he's going to die very soon. Yes. And then as soon as he leaves the diner, they get into a gunfight. That's kind of what it reminded me of. And yeah, I agree. That was a really good moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's it for No More Heroes for me. Uh, do you have anything else to add, Serge? Mm, no, 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 I don't. Okay, well, the other things that I've been playing, um, I just finished Chrono Trigger with my wife, so it was the first time she ever played that. And um, if you want to hear their thoughts on that, there is a podcast out there called The Backlog Twosome. It's true, there is. Thank you, Serge. <laughs> I didn't want to really plug it or anything, but... Plug away. It's a great, great show until I heard someone say, such and such died, and I thought... Oh, no. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that I, I, what I heard was such and such. Like, I didn't actually hear the, the name, and I was like, what did... Somebody died? Oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't listen to this since I haven't played it yet. <laughs> I mean, granted... I'm listening to a podcast about a game that I want to play that I know will be spoiled, you know, so it's my own fault. But I was like, oh, I should probably turn this off before I hear uh, who actually died. Right. Well, I won't say it here, but uh, it was an experience playing it again, personally, and then seeing uh, or hearing, I guess, the thoughts from my wife on her first experience playing it, especially because, as many know, Chrono Trigger is kind of put on a pedestal everywhere um, as the game of all time, as an infallible kind of 16-bit JRPG. And because it is. <laughs> fight, 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 yeah. fight, fight. And you know what? It's not true, for one. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm out. <laughs> but I think... I think what it is, it's not that it's a bad game. It's just that um, compared to a modern game in the same vein, it doesn't compare. And so you have to take a look at it in the eyes of someone playing it for the first time in that era. And yes, it has aged well, but some of the aspects haven't either. And, um, but... You know what? Everybody knows what Chrono Trigger is except for you, Turkey. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Maybe this year. That's right. right. Everybody knows it as the greatest of all time. (laughs) And so I'm pretty sure that Patrick here is just trolling me and probably trolling a bunch of others out there that listen to us. I know that, you know, Skinny Matt likes the game. It's one of his favorites. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that... So you said you played it before, right? I have, yes. And when was the first time that you played it? Uh, probably near when it first came out. Okay. My first experience was playing it on the DS, probably about, I guess within the last 10 years, maybe even more recently than that. Right. Um, and I, I thought it was great. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. It is a fantastic game. It's a fantastic super Nintendo JRPG. And that's really, that's the thing, right? Is that, for a Super Nintendo RPG, it is the pinnacle of that type of game on that system. Okay. It did it did everything that you would want from an RPG of that era, and it did it well. 
but then there are modern conveniences that it is lacking as well. Uh, and, for example, like, like, well, I should have been you're thinking of. I should have been able to eat, eat frog legs, like exactly. <laughs> and and as Mike would say, it's no chrono cross, but it's okay. <laughs> That's very well, true. You know, it suffers from Super Nintendo jank for one, which isn't any fault of its own. Um, but this is also limits from the hardware. Um, the storytelling uh, is pseudo nonlinear and disjointed at times. Um, but, and it all ties together near the end. That's the thing is that the beginning is good and intriguing and really sucks you in because this time travel, uh, concept, um, is something that in, it's not typically used in JRPGs. And then, but as you're jumping back and forth between these time periods, they feel like vignettes that aren't truly related to each other short of the characters who are participating. And um, so that is the entire like middle 10 hours of the game. And then it isn't until you hit the last four or five hours that you really see it all come together. Then you all, then you start seeing the ties between the times where you can solve these puzzles by jumping back in time or forward in time. And the side quests start tying together in that way. Um, uh, things like the primary antagonist changes many times. And uh, as for someone who hasn't played it before and doesn't know what to expect, I feel like uh, they're pulling you around in a bunch of different directions. And I don't know. Again, I personally have always loved the game. One of my favorite Super Nintendo JRPGs. But it's not infallible. That's all I'll say. So have you gone back and tried any of the new Game Plus? I have a long time ago. Okay. <laughs> I haven't tried I haven't tried it this time around. Um, I know that there are many different endings as well where you right. can see how different, you know, story threads come together or play out. And I do yeah. think that's a really cool idea for a game like this. And for those that don't know how the new game plus works for Chrono Trigger, you get to keep all of your levels, all of your, almost all of the items, unless they pertain to particular story beats. So for those of you who like to play games, especially RPGs being overpowered, it's a great way to do that. Mm -hmm. um, especially when it comes to fighting the last boss. Yeah. Um, just a different path to get there. And yeah, since you have certain weapons and certain items, you can definitely mess up the, the traditional order. And I think that's the way it's meant to be played is that right. most people, the first time that they beat the game is going, to, they're going to get a particular ending, but then you go back and replay it. And there are, I don't know, was it seven, seven or eight different endings depending on how you go about um, and when you end up meeting up and fighting the, the final boss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And honestly, this game set the stage for many things to come in future JRPGs, the whole nonlinear uh, 
story progression and the multiple endings for one was a cool feature, something you didn't really see at that time. Um, and it is kind of a cornerstone for JRPGs. I can't deny that. It and were you playing this on like the Super Nintendo version or the yeah. DS version? Super Nintendo version. Okay. I wonder yeah. if some of the, well, I know not everything was fixed for the DS version, but um, I think there were definitely some quality of life improvements yeah. uh, with the DS version, with the inclusion of uh, a map on the second screen and the way that you uh, would select your text, uh, your, your, your tech attacks uh, with a touch screen on the bottom. Yeah, that could help a lot. That could help a lot. And, uh, and one, one of the cool things is that you could do, like you can switch between the active time battles and the, or wait where the enemies would wait for you to make decisions on how you're going to act. And although the active time made it more frantic, it made you think on your toes. Uh, it was also annoying <laughs> because especially like with the last boss where you get in this cycle of having to revive your teammates and heal and revive and heal and you never really get a chance to throw the final attack you know uh but of course i can't blame the system for that either it's just one of the like if i was to replay it i would turn that off i'm not trying to prove anything <laughs> and i feel like that would be the more fun way to play it honestly um but yeah i mean Chrono Trigger is Chrono Trigger. People are obviously going to love it. <laughs> uh, I don't think that it's a bad game in any stretch of the imagination. It's just... It's mediocre. Just say it, Patrick. It's not mediocre. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just... <laughs> it's, it's just, I guess, I don't know. It's No, it, it yeah. Game yeah. of its era, but... Exactly. It's a game of its time. And I do think that it has aged well. But again, I mean, there are games that did things better and not necessarily, you know, one-to-one, -one, just, you know, that were, they, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I, I well, you know, Patrick, it's okay. Math man, your witness. Everybody is allowed to have their, their, their opinion. Um, as long as it is the correct opinion, everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, but other than that, I play. I started Dungeon Punks as one of my backlog bingo squares for the beat 'em up. Uh, this one's interesting. Uh, I know you, Trash Turkey, were talking to me about uh, Puzzle Quest. Yes, mm -hmm. so it has like a Puzzle Quest feel. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like a, I don't know, like an Xbox Live Arcade kind of i remember this being a uh, i remember this game i remember thinking i wanted to try this out yeah. excited to hear about this yeah it's it's really interesting so it's a your standard beat -em up uh i would say comparable to maybe the dungeons and dragons beat -em ups uh like the mistara and so on mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kind of temple of yeah yeah it's kind of like an RPG mixed with beat em up where you can level up and gain abilities and so on. Um, but then it has that kind of, I don't know, like early Xbox 360 PS3 kind of indie game feel. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's goofy. It's like, I don't even, it, the story is silly. 
the characters and the dialogue is kind of offbeat a little. Um, a fourth wall breaking kind of things. Uh, it's interesting so far. Um, I think I think I'm only on like the third mission or so. Where are you playing this, Patrick? Where do where do I, I need to pick this up? I think you can get it on the PS3 and okay. Xbox 360, but okay. I'm currently playing it on my PS4. Okay. Yeah, and it's I don't know if it's on anything else, um, hmm. but yeah, it's been around for a while. I do remember that. I remember seeing it advertised. You know, kind of beat 'em ups. I feel like this this year maybe the last year they kind of had a resurgence but i remember dungeon punks being one of those where i think it was at a time when beat em ups weren't the uh, the rage yes, uh, yes pun intended all the rage <laughs> and i think that's probably why i picked it up because uh, it looked like it had really uh well the the art style was impressive in the screenshots when you play it it's kind of has that like marionette you know, like uh, yeah, their limbs aren't the animations a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like they're segmented mm-hmm. kind of animating on their own. Yeah. It has that kind of look. Uh, but I mean, the action is, you know, it's decent. It's not a bad game. It's fun. It's multiplayer. Um, it's, there's leveling up. If you like RPGs and beat em ups, this is, if you like beat em ups with RPG elements, this is probably a game you should try at least. I'm sold. Hey, if you play it, let me know. Okay. <laughs> and then the final game I've been playing and actually completed recently, and for another backlog, Bingo Square, um, for the color in the title, was Super Mario Land 2 Six Golden Coins. You know, it was a follow-up to Super Mario Land on the Game Boy. came out in 92. Uh, I had fond memories of playing the original Super Mario Land. It's probably one of the first Game Boy games I ever played. Uh, well, I played it on the Super Game Boy because I didn't have a Game Boy for a long time. But, you know, one of the first Game Boy games. Uh, I always liked the kind of quirky take on the Mario universe where it wasn't... Well, it still had Goombas and Koopa Troopas and so on. Mm-hmm. But all the other enemies were, you know, weird. They were not your typical... Mario. Is this the one with the rabbit power up? Yes. Something? Yeah. Yeah. Mario Land 2 has the rabbit power up, which lets you, uh, if you hit jump while you're in the air, you'll float. Um, I think one thing that was interesting about this one is kind of like Nintendo's way to upgrade the Mario Land franchise to be more in line with uh, like Super Mario Bros. 3, which I think came out, if not just before, around the same time as Mario Land 2. Um, But one thing I'll say about Mario Land 2 is that it just didn't feel quite as, I don't know, polished as your typical Mario. Um, I think that the original Mario Land had kind of like a past because it didn't really look like your typical Mario. And where this one did... It's floaty controls and it's weirdness kind of not necessarily rubbed me the wrong way. It just felt off. I don't know. Uh, I did like like the weird stages and the characters and stuff like that. 
but the music was grating and uh, the boss fights, although were interesting and could be fun. They are still that, I don't, it's, it's a difficult one to kind of, I don't quantify. (laughs) It's no Chrono Trigger is what you're saying. It's it's no Chrono, it's no game of all time. No, it's not. (laughs) Maybe a game of its, of its, of its era. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I mean, I think the table, the takeaway with Mario Land 2 is that it's a fantastic looking Game Boy game. Uh, it could definitely, it looks like it could definitely appear on like the original Nintendo on the NES, um, which is impressive for a Game Boy game. But then there's just something about it that feels like Nintendo went with a third party developer to develop this one, which I know they didn't, but it just didn't feel like your typical polished Mario Land. If you like a little jank with your Mario game. Exactly. Like <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I don't think I'll revisit it quite off, you know, quite as often as I would mm-hmm. the other Mario games that are out there. But I think that if you're looking for, you know, a Mario game on the go, then you really can't go wrong with this one, you know. Other than if you had the original Mario Land, then you should probably just. <laughs> <laughs> You picked up one of those little $50 clock things and you can play Mario there you on go. your clock. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the original Mario Bros. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my story. That's great. That's <laughs> wonderful. I like that. Um, well, I guess if, if you were done with your games, yep. there might be a, a mic that has some games to talk about. Oh, just a couple of them. So I actually completed my backlog bingo card uh, just this morning, uh, actually, with my my bonus square. So uh, I'll read off to you guys what uh, what I finished and what it was for. So for a game that starts with the letter A, I finished Alan Wake. For a popular game that I've never played before, I finished The Messenger. For a game based on a movie, I finished Quantum Break. For a strategy game, I finished Shadow Tactics, Blade of the Shogun. Uh, For a game that starts with E, uh, Earth Defense Force 2017. And then uh, I replaced my free square with a console exclusive because... I felt like I was doing pretty good on Backlog Bingo. So my console exclusive was The Last of Us for PS3. And then uh, sprinkled in with all of that, I played a little bit of that Forza Horizon 4 that Ryan was uh, going on about not too long ago. And uh, last, and certainly not least, the voted game for this week's um, mic topic was Gato Roboto, a game that starts with the letter G. Uh, have any of you guys ever played Gato Roboto? Domo arigato. I, uh, I have played some of it, um, but I did not finish it. It was one of those games where I started playing it on the Xbox and Jacob liked watching it, but he only wanted me to play it when he was around because he was enjoying what he was watching. Um, I've unlocked a couple of 
power-ups. I really have no clue how far I am in the game. I mean, I played for like maybe an hour, hour and a half or so, but it's very cute. And I definitely want to go back to it. You absolutely should, because an hour out of the game is probably about uh, 25%. It's a very, very short Metroidvania style game um, with a, it starts with a black and white color palette, but you can actually unlock several different um, col- like two-tone color palettes as you play. Um, my favorite that I ended up playing with was um, like a Game Boy style one. It was a, a green and yellow uh, combo uh, color for the game. Um, but... Gato Robato, as the name implies, if you are of uh, a certain lingual persuasion, uh, Spanish maybe, you might know that Gato is cat, and and Robato is nin- ninja. No wait, robot, robot. That that's it's probably robot, right, guys? Oh, you had me there. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so the premise of the of the game is that you play as a, a cat on a mission with your person to check out uh, some strange activity on a planet. Um, something goes awire and you crash into the planet and your person is unable to complete his quest to explore what has gone awire on this planet. So the cute little kitten steps up and takes on the challenge of investigating. Uh, along the way, the, the kitten uh, can play as just a cat, where you can swim through the water, climb up walls, and um, run away. All, all fantastic skills, but you can do better. You can do better. Uh, you can also pilot a submarine in um, a certain section of the game. Um that allows you to fire missiles. Um, you don't get to use this particular machine a lot, but it's there. It's your primary um, mode of combat is um, a Metroid-style power suit uh, that comes equipped with um, like a laser-type shot that you have to use to open doors. Uh, upgradable missiles. You can get like a, a dash blink invincibility move, uh, a screw attack style uh, double jump. Uh, and in case you haven't figured it out yet, this game borrows heavily from the Metroid series, and that is not a bad thing. Definitely, definitely a game worth checking out. This is one that, in a matter of four or five hours, I was able to 100% complete. So anybody who is on the fence about this, it's on Game Pass right now. I mean, you cannot go wrong. Uh, Easy, easy weekend game. Shouldn't take the whole time. You can beat it in a single sitting if you're really trying. In fact, I would go as far to say that if Jeremy used the two-week trial I gave him, he could probably beat it within that two weeks there there is a chance i am i am waiting for the perfect opportunity to cash it in so that i have maximum amount of gaming during that two weeks um and yes i think there is a chance 
uh, if I really put myself to it, that in two weeks' time I could beat a, beat a five-hour game. But it's... I'm just going to say there's a chance. It's not 100%, but there's a chance. You just played like a 30-hour RPG. I have faith in you. Okay, so... See now, now you've you've spoiled my joke, or not? <laughs> but yes, um, I did do that. But but uh, yes, I I've heard a lot about Gato Roboto, um, and uh, it seems interesting. And I do like I do like the short Metrovania Metroidvanias. Um, I think those are are really up my alley. So, yes, I, d- I definitely need to try it. And it's on Game Pass. I need to cash it in. Serge, I'll, I'll cash it in. <laughs> Highly recommended. So, Mike, is that uh, is that all for the games? Uh, Not that I think you need to do more, because obviously you, like, is it you're overachieving as a backlog buster, uh, taking your free square and putting another game to, uh, to beat in that free square. <laughs> well, you know, I had to, uh, live up to my, my metal. And I said that I wanted to replace a game with a console generation exclusive or a console exclusive. And well, I couldn't actually replace a game with a color since I had already actually done that. And I, I talked to the the commissioner, and she said it was okay to replace my free square. So I, I felt it was only the right thing to do. And with a month left to go, I, I felt I was in pretty good shape. Yeah, that's very I would good. like to point out, though, that it really isn't a console exclusive since it was on the PS3 and PS4. So it was on two different consoles. It, it, it's the, mm. it's the same same ecosystem. <laughs> Now, do you, do you really, really want to um, split hairs that way? Because I will go play another game. I don't have, I don't have hairs to split. Well, then, <laughs> well, I mean, technically, it was a remaster on the PS4, not the original game. I say change the square to a remastered game that was on a console that then was exclusively remastered on a new console. There you go. That Mm -hmm. will probably be remastered again on a newer console. Yeah. There's a lot of fine print to this square. Yeah. There's kind of an asterisk or some kind of indication where you need to go down to the bottom of the sheet to uh to get now, the fine print I, i'm um, no i'm no math man but uh at this point I'm, I'm very very confused um can can we go over that <laughs> five more times so i get it yeah. jeremy yeah. you're gonna drive yeah. me to drink i you have to stop yeah. okay yes so uh, i've i've played a couple games as well um and uh, speaking of the commissioner um i I kind of, I on the podcast, I mentioned a game that uh, Elite Beat Agent agents that I was using as a recommended for a friend because I did not think that I could beat an RPG. So I still have to play a e game, which I'm still looking for. 
Um, I've got a couple, but I just don't know of anyone that I can actually beat in time. So I'm still looking. Anybody know of a an easy e game? Or not an easy e game because that would be a little Whoa. bit too uh, offensive to me. Straight um, off the streets. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Earth, I don't Earth think Defense he had any games. <laughs> okay, maybe it. Maybe an EDF game then. Um, there's, so there's at least three beat, of them. <laughs> okay, I think I have. Well, I had one on PS4. I let a friend have it, uh, and I don't. Well, I don't have my PS4 anyways. Um, Xbox 360, I think, has some. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe would be on Game Pass. Uh, they're not on Game Pass. But, I got I got my uh, Earth Defense mm-hmm. Force trilogy from Games with Gold. Okay. Well, I will do some more searching and find an e-game. But I did beat, as Surge uh, spoiled, I beat my first ever, I believe, my first ever RPG. Wow. Um, which... You know, well, uh, it's pretty I'm crazy. I don't think it's your first ever. I'm going to. Would SteamWorld Heist qualify or is that not really RPG elements? I mean, see, I've, I've beaten games. Uh, say that. I think I've beaten games with RPG elements before, but not a I would consider an RPG where you walk around and battle somebody and then walk around and battle more people. Uh and yeah, Inazuma Eleven Two, um, it got a little. The story got a little long in the tooth at the end. It was like, okay, let's go ahead and wrap this up a little bit. We've we've, you know, it's the classic. You thought you beat the bad guy, but now there's another bad guy, or I should say, another team of uh, elite soccer players, uh, soccer aliens, um, that you have to kind of work up. Uh, the courage to to beat. Um, it's a cool game. I think that the the hook that got me into this game um, is the battles. So, you know, I really enjoyed the soccer um, the soccer game portion where you would. Uh, I mean, it's instead of just doing an active time battle or a turn based battle, um, you got to play soccer. So, I think enjoying arcade games, uh, arcadey sports games and things like that. Um, it, it made me enjoy that portion of the game. And I did, I did enjoy, um, learning more about the characters and the story. And, um, I think I've never had a, an RPG, um, make me want to come back for more as far as the gameplay and the story. So, um, the other game that I've been playing is buying games on eBay, um, which, you know, I'm pretty, I would say I'm, I'm pretty good at, but not really. I, I have, I have purchased Inazuma 11 one or just Inazuma 11, um, to right the wrong of playing the second game before the, uh, before the first game. Um, but I just wasn't sold on the series and I Inazuma 11 2 is much cheaper and can be shipped uh, from this from the states um, Inazuma 11 I had to get from the UK so a little bit more pricey um, granted you could buy it on the eShop but I wanted the cart 
Um, and it came in. So I'm excited to play that one. I might give it a few minutes to let it sit on the shelf. Uh, I will uh, report that the song on Inazuma 11, the original, is worse than the second game somehow. <laughs> Um, but it is. And <laughs> so, uh, that the game, the second one did improve the song, which is, uh, is crazy. Um, I also, as Patrick was saying earlier, I've been interested because of this game, because of Inazuma 11, uh, trying to find games that incorporate different genres together, um, in a unique way. So I did pick up puzzle quest, uh, I, re- I think originally released on the DS, the PSP, the Wii, the PS2. It's everywhere and it's pretty cheap. Um, I got it for the DS and I might have already said that, but it's it's a RPG puzzle game. Um, I guess Bejeweled in a dungeon, uh, Dungeons and Dragons kind of feel. Uh, I played just a little bit of it and I've enjoyed it so far. I have definitely not beat it. Um, I've defeated a, uh, a dummy target and that's, uh, about all I've defeated so far. Um, the next game I picked up on eBay, um, is probably going to be my first ever, um, a Square Enix game to complete. Uh, yeah. And, uh, Maybe Final Fantasy, anyone? Uh, that's right. The developers, they also created Mario Hoops 3-on-3. Three three. So I'm going to play what? Mario Hoops 3-on-3 <laughs> three three for the DS. I picked that one up. Um, developed by Square Enix and uh, has Final Fantasy characters in it. Uh, and then, last but not least, uh, another puzzle game I wanted to get because I loved playing uh, the panel de pawn game on um, on the Nintendo um, online service, the SNES, uh, how they had the original one. It was on the Super Famicom. Famicom. Um, so I picked up uh, Planet Puzzle League on the DS to try out. Um, but sadly, that game didn't come. Uh, there was a mix-up with the, uh, the seller and I got a different game. Hmm. Um, it, uh, came the other day and it's uh, Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer for the Wii. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the mix up. So that's close it, enough. It's, it, you know, it's, uh, so I'm intrigued by this one. Um, <laughs> but I've asked for a refund and, um, so, you know, great for the uh, Christmas season coming up. Uh, I love claymation, um, and I'm kind of a misfit turkey sometimes. So mm-hmm. maybe they knew. Uh, maybe it, maybe it is a game for me, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep it. I don't know if I'm going to have to send it to uh, its rightful owner. I'd be more than happy to. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. So that's, that's what I've been up to. You know, it's, it's funny. I had a similar experience once. Um, I purchased oracles of ages and seasons for the game boy mm-hmm. color uh, along with their strategy guides. And what I ended up getting was the original Zelda 
on the NES and Zelda 2 on the NES. So I really? reported it. Yeah. Yeah. So I reported it to the seller saying, hey, I got the wrong package. I got these ones. It's like, okay, well, you ship it to the person who should have got it, and they'll ship the Oracle games to you. Mm-hmm. So I shipped Zelda 1 and 2 to the person who got my Oracles, and I never got the Oracles. That's that's exactly what um, this seller suggested, and I mm-hmm. thought to myself, I want that game but I don't want to have to rely on the other person sending it to me. So I was like, I would be more than happy to send this to you, send it back to you or the other person, but I'd like my refund for the game that I actually purchased. Yeah. Because luckily I I got the refund, but I was very disappointed. (laughs) Yeah. That's a bummer. (laughs) Um, You know, but, uh, but that's, yeah. It's interesting the mix-ups that can happen, mm-hmm. um, but I guess you're not dealing with you know companies. You're dealing with uh, you know maybe somebody's grandma that's just jamming games into a package and you know writing trash turkey to trash turkey and hoping it gets here. I don't know. Right. Yep, that trash turkey. I know, right? So well, I, um, <clears throat> before we move on, I'm looking at this this wee game of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In, in its original packaging. And I have to know, did the game come with the Rudolph and the snowman plushies that are, are pictured here? No. Does it, does it have that? Yeah. I should, I should maybe, maybe I should reconsider this refund thing. I maybe need to ask for the plushies. Um, no, there was no, it was complete. So we're talking disc and manual. Uh, manual is not very thick. I guess there's not much um, control, uh, different kind of control options for the elves. Um, I think it's like a, um, what would you call when you're in like a funhouse shooting game where you're just kind of like pointing the, the Wiimote and like trying to shoot things. I think it's something like that, which I don't know how that's helpful in any kind of workshop environment, like knocking things off. I can't see that being helpful for Santa, but I mean, I mean, Rudolph is a rascal, so. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's how he got his red nose. Right. Yeah. So, and, and I, I looked at, uh, uh, what is that? Price price charting and it's you know like a three dollar game you know i couldn't you know maybe if it was like a super rare game or something maybe that would have been nice but yeah it's a yeah. it might be a, it might be a scam maybe he sends out rudolph every time i don't know well, well if that's not the case i'm like who's actually buying this game exactly <laughs> are they trying to complete their wii collection you know maybe maybe I think so. the game is part of a gamestop bundle like if you want to get a, a PS5, you got to buy you know twenty copies of this <laughs> old Wii game and all the other games they have sitting in their inventory. <laughs> because you can't just buy the system; you can't just buy what you want. Not a GameStop. No, no. Power to the players. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, um, you know what I'm going to be playing. Uh, Patrick, what kind of games are you going to be trying to, uh, to complete? 
Sure, sure, sure. So, uh, so I've already said uh, or told you guys that I've been playing Dungeon Punks. Uh, my wife and I started a new game a couple days ago called Spiral Scouts on Steam. And this one is, uh, this one's a doozy, I'll say that much. Uh, it's super cute, really, really colorful. It's kind of a Paper Mario-esque puzzler. So it's kind of like the, the characters are 2D and the environment is 3D. And you're going around this world trying to, to help people as a spiral scout, which is, I guess, the type of people that help people in this world. <laughs> and the kicker, though, is that this game is shockingly vulgar. Like, I mean, I don't I I'm not going to go any further than that. It's not a turkey game is what you're it's saying. Not, it's not a turkey game. You look at it, you're like, that's a turkey game. You play it, and you're like, oh, my God. Not for turkeys. <laughs> yeah. No, this thing is, but it's it's funny in the fact that it is so cute and deceiving in the way that it is vulgar. <laughs> um, so that's what we're, we're playing, that and Dungeon Punks right now. Uh, the other games that I'm hoping to get to at some point are, so I want to try the Yakuza series. And I know that Kiwami is out there on Game Pass. I have it on the PS4 as well. Uh, and I know that that's a remaster of the original Yakuza. Um, you know, it's a Sega open world kind of, I don't know. Beat em up with uh, arcade game exactly, inclusion. Yeah. yeah, and it looks really cool and you get to play as Yakuza. So I thought that seemed fun. And then other than that, uh, I have to choose one of the bazillion of final fantasy games that i recently picked up <laughs> did you pick these up uh for their black friday sale that they always did. seem to do I'm yeah very, yeah i yeah. i was i was uh almost compelled to pick up uh chrono cross for the ps1 for like four dollars yeah <laughs> what i, I kind of started clicking on their d- i don't know i was like uh, i will send you four dollars right now <laughs> so i have chrono cross disc only uh, so i wanted to get a copy of it as well just to have the you know the case mm-hmm. uh but it was all sold out yeah a lot of their ds games because they had some ds games that were sold out too by the time i got to it i was like oh i bet they still have games um on their black friday no not so much but yeah i was i was able to get um Final Fantasy Chronicles, which comes with Final Fantasy 4 and Chrono Trigger on the PS1. Again, I already had it, but I wanted that case. And for $3, you can't beat it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked up the two Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles uh, for the DS. Um, and I picked up World of Final Fantasy Maxima on the Xbox One from Square Enix. Nice. Um, and then we also purchased Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ooh. Um, so lots of Final Fantasy in the future. <laughs> you didn't get Mario Hoops 3 on 3? Didn't. See, I didn't mm. know it was a Square Enix game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it and the uh, the basketball game on the GameCube also. Really? Yeah. 
I don't know why they're they're all about the bay, the B ball. So really, and with Final Fantasy characters and everything. Wow. Yep. Wow. And then I also got uh, The Last of Us Two and Man Eater. So I'm trying to decide which of those I'll play at some point. Which of the multitude of Final Fantasies and then Last of Us and Man Eater. Mike, with your completion of the bingo game um, and having to add more squares, um, where do you go now, sir? See, and that's where I'm struggling. I'm not entirely sure. Um, On the one hand, I have an Xbox Series X, so I really want to play that. I wasn't Mm. planning on... But I knew that I got the pre-order, but I wasn't planning on having uh, the actual console in hand until Christmas. And uh, lo and behold, in order to get my son to wait at the door for the package, because I wasn't taking any risks, we had to tell him what it was. So no more Christmas surprise. Otherwise, he was off wandering around to the other end of the house where you couldn't even hear the door and watching YouTube videos, and that, that wasn't going to work. So. so we have that. So on the one hand, I want to play something on Xbox One or not Xbox One. I apologize, Xbox Series X. Uh, but there's not a ton of new games to play. Actually, PlayStation kind of got the better deal there. Uh, so I think I might continue my journey down PlayStation Road and head on back to the PS3 and check out maybe Uncharted Drake's Fortune. I think that's the first one. I have all three, but I think that's as good a place as any to start. Um, My son's been begging me to start Detroit Become Human with him again on PS4. We love to play um, these story-based games together. Like um, earlier, uh, Serge was talking about his son wanting to watch him play Gato Robato. Uh, Dom does the same thing with me. Um, We did that just for The Last of Us, uh, not to our this weekend and we're going to do that probably with uncharted or Detroit or I might stick with the Xbox and play through man of Medan, even though it doesn't have any actual uh, upgrades. It is a story-based game that I need to get to, but really I I'm kind of lost. You guys got a suggestion out of those, which direction you'd go with? I mean, Man of Medan would be fun. I know that they just released the next Dark Anthologies game. Little Hope, yeah. I was like, oh man, I got Man of Medan so long ago, and now Little Hope is out, and then I just saw ads for the next one, which I don't even remember what it's called, but that that studio is working really fast. Yeah, I was expecting this to take at least a couple years before we've seen the next one, and then it's here. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like they're uh, one-year installments, but it's heavily story-based, so maybe that's why they can pump them out so fast. And, I mean, Uncharted is a good good one, too. Uh, the first one, like, it was the showcase for the PS1, or PS3 when it was launching. Kind of like uh, The Last of Us was a showcase for the end of the PS3's generation. But uh, ah, so I can get the bookend case. experience. That's actually an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Both Naughty Dog too. 
I say you go and pick up the uh, Resistance franchise and play, play through those. There you go. <laughs> well, I'm going to work through my PlayStation 3 backlog, which is actually surprisingly big uh, for it being a console I've barely played. Uh, but like when I got gifted my janky PS3, but I have to lift in order for it to read the discs. Um, <laughs> um, I went out and picked up all these, you know, top tier PS3 games um, on the cheap because there are so many of them. So it was easy to fill out this uh, this PS3 backlog. I also have uh, Beyond Two Souls to play through and Heavy Rain. And what was the other ones? Uh, Valkyria Chronicles, which I'm really interested to play through. And uh, Little Big Planet 1 and 2. So I've got quite a bit, plus some non exclusives. Yeah. I'd be curious to hear what you think of Little Big Planet because it was kind of like the Mario Maker before Mario Maker was a thing. I think that'll be a tough sell for me, but we'll see. Oh, probably so. Probably so. I mean, I I honestly didn't like it myself, but I'd be curious to see your perspective. A little, a little floaty. Yeah, a little floaty. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Nobody <laughs> likes right. the floaty platformers. That's the one thing you don't want to be known for when you're in the platforming world. I don't. I don't believe. Definitely not. Unless you're Yoshi, I guess. Or Mario with a bunny power-up. Mm-hmm. Um, Surge, are you are you going to play any video games? I am going to finish Ori and the Will of the Wisps. And then I need to... I mean, all the new and shinies out. So I need to really start hitting last-gen games. Um, I need to finish The Last of Us Part 2. I need to get to God of War. Um, Since everybody's playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I should probably play Odyssey. (laughs) And uh, I don't know. I just, there's, there's so many games in the backlog. It is large and unfathomable. And... I'm really enjoying just crossing some of them off here and there, but you know, I, whatever everybody else is playing, I want to play the last version of that game. So when Ragnarok comes out, I'll play the first God of war. Like I said, I'm going to play Odyssey from what I understand. That'll probably take me half the year to beat. So that's all I'm going to talk about from January to July is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. You know, that's honestly, I'm, I'm right there with you. I've got like my switch games that are kind of staring at me right now. And there are so many games from the original, uh, launch year of switch that I still have not beaten. Um, and a lot of games that I've picked up along the way. Uh, I don't know if it's contentment. That was, that was, uh, my goal, uh, in this, uh, podcast in this show um, is to be content with the backlog that I have and to try to beat the games, which, you know, hey, we have we have uh, times when we can add to the backlog and times when we can't. Um, man, I need to uh, I need to play some backlog games. So um, I'm excited to maybe to do that more in, in 2021 and be uh, just 
glad to play the old game, you know, because we have a show where we can we can play the old game. So that's nice, too. And we can play the new game, you know, you can play the new game, you can play the old game. You can play the DS, you can play the Super Nintendo, you can play Chrono Trigger, the best game of all time. Am I right, Ryan? And, um, you and are. Then... <laughs> I haven't played it yet. But yes, yeah, so, you know, that's fun. It's fun to be able to play video games. It is. And it, you know what? It's funny is that we're always like chasing the shiny new thing, but there's something to be said about the feeling of actually playing something on your backlog. And then completing it and feeling like you actually made a dent. And uh, yeah, that is kind of cool. It's not always easy, but it's a good feeling. Now, Ryan, speaking of playing games that you might be looking forward to, what are you going to play? Yeah, there's, there's the problem when you look at your backlog and it's full of, you know, 60 plus hour games just sitting, staring at you, mocking you saying, you're never going to get to me. So I'm hoping that, uh, well, I don't know if it's going to happen this week, that I can complete Ori in the Blind Forest and maybe even get to the sequel. I know I've got, you know, another month before we meet again, but between now and then I have a lot of grading to do as the semester winds down. So I don't know how much time I'll have to play games while also preparing for a three-week college algebra course over the break. Hmm. So, um, yeah, the Ori games. I'm also looking forward to some of the games that I purchased uh, during Black Friday. Uh, One of the pickups was Trials of Mana. Uh, They had it down for 20 bucks, And since it seemed to be very similar to Secret of Mana on the Super Nintendo, which I really liked, I figured I'd go ahead and give Trials a, a chance. And... Hopefully I'll have a chance to put in more hours, more hours, hours and hours into Dragon Quest nine that my fellow backlog buster Mike was so gracious to send my way along with Dragon Quest Monsters Joker two. Yeah, so I need to spend more time with those and we'll just see what happens. Have you dabbled with nine already? Other than Ori? Uh, I've played a little bit of nine and it's. It's very interesting to me because it seems like this weird mix between uh, Dragon Quest 3 and Dragon Quest 11, at least from the games that I've experienced. Because so far in Dragon Quest 9, you're the hero and the rest of your party is made up of whoever you want it to be. Just like in Dragon Quest 3, you would create your party at the end and you would take your adventurers out. And if you didn't like somebody, you didn't like the fact that you picked a fighter instead of a a mage, you can go back and rec- you recruit somebody else. And if you change your mind, you want to go back to the fighter. They're still there with all of their uh, stats. Um, so that's a bit of a disappointment because I like it when there are well-defined characters that you're playing as and you play their particular story beats. Um, but, you know, I'll get through it and I'll figure out that I made a mistake with who I have in my party. Uh, but the way that your enemy, the enemy combat works it's pretty much the same as it was in Dragon Quest XI. You can see the enemies on the screen, so if you want to fight, you can. If you want to try to avoid, you can do that too. I've got to say, I'm not that far into it. Even though my characters have high levels, I've just been taking my sweet time avoiding where they tell me to go. 
because that's how I play my games. <laughs> I do the same thing in Ori. It's, a, it's very clear that I should go to point A and I say, you know what? I think that's where I need to go, but I'm going to see if I can push the limits and get to this other area. So that's, that's well, how I play games. That's how my younger son plays games. They tell us to go one way and we go the other way. I, I hope that you can find a level of enjoyment that will maybe not reach uh, the the enjoyment you got with 11 will be satisfactory for uh, your time with Dragon Quest 11 or nine. I apologize. No, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure I will. It's um, I, I think I'll probably need to start getting to the story because I've only made it to like the the first castle town which is really not that far into it, but I've already explored areas that I probably shouldn't have gone to before. And again, that's the same way that I played Dragon Quest Eleven. I knew where I needed to go, and I said, forget you. I'm going to explore everything first, and then I'm going to get to the story. So I, need, I think I need to change how I play games. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. So, well... Um, guys, we have some questions, some questions from the community. Thank you for asking us questions. And at this point in the show, we will answer them. Hopefully I got everybody. If I didn't, uh, I'm sorry. Um, so I think the first one comes from Ergaman. And uh, Mike, what is the best indie game of the year or so? And what's your favorite co-op, couch co-op game of any era? Couch co-op, not just co-op. The best indie game that I've played this year that I'm sure is an indie game is uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2. And as far as the best couch co-op game, um, the Dom and I have played through, uh, I'm going to go with A Way Out uh, fantastic uh story and and it's fun just to goof around together that's cool is a way out did you can you okay i was thinking that was that the one that there was one that could only be done online am i wrong on that or is that a way out can be played uh couch co-op or online um and it has to be two players um that's what it is okay but okay. it, it, pay, it pays off. Something like that. It pays off. Okay. All right, Serge. Same question. What you got, my man? Uh, best indie game for 2020? I don't even know what indie games came out in 2020. So I'm just going to go with one that I hope gets ported to the Switch from PC, and that's Disco Elysium. Okay. I think that sounds right. Yeah. It's an RPG about a drunken cop. And okay. I don't know, but that sounds like fun. And best couch co-op game. We are going to go with Tecmo Super Bowl. Mm, good choice. Good choice. Patrick, you're next, my man. Wow, indie game. That's a tough one. Um Best indie game. I mean, I play a lot of indie games. You'd think it would be easy to say, yeah, I liked that one the best. But, oh, you know what? 
I have to agree with Mike. I thought that Curse of the Moon 2 was fantastic, especially if you like Castlevania. So that is my pick. Um, best couch co-op, though. Any era. Any era. Anyone. Let me think. Let me think. You know what? I'm going to go with Diablo 3. Mm, okay. Yeah, that that's a really fun one. That's one of those ones that sucked me and my wife in for countless hours. And uh, if you like looters and gaining gear and defeating hordes of demons, then that's the game for you. I think. Okay. Okay. To be honest, Diablo 3 might be one of the best games ever. Yeah. I pretty up there. <laughs> put countless hours into it on many, many systems. It's pretty dang good. <laughs> right under Chrono Trigger. Am I right, Math Man? <laughs> Ryan? Not under? No. Above. <laughs> That's right. right Diablo 3 is above Chrono Trigger. Correct. Yep. Perfect example. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I, I think I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, gotcha. <laughs> uh, well, Ryan, which uh, what's what what's your favorite indie game of this year, and and favorite couch co op game of any era? Okay, so is Ori considered an indie game, uh, or not? Because it's Microsoft. Is, it, is, is that Microsoft Studios? It's Moon Studios, I believe. Yeah. I would say you're. It's yeah, not. Say, that, yeah, it's published by Microsoft, but it's those. They don't own the studio. Yeah. Well, if that seems kind of questionable, I, of what I've played this year, see if you'd asked me last year, there would have been a much more competitive category. Uh, this year, maybe Gardens Between. Mm. Uh, I know Mike played that, and you know that was the game that I beat when I was going through the flu earlier uh, this year. Um, that was a. It was just very interesting the way they, the, the, the way the mechanic was, and the way it worked in that game. Um, for couch co-op, uh, probably one of my favorite ones that I've played has been, I'm talking about like you're working cooperatively to accomplish a goal, not, you know, competing against each other. Because if mm-hmm. it's competing, I'd say Dr. Mario. Uh, but for co-op, I'd say Death Squared. Um, it is mm-hmm. just a interesting little indie game. Um, where you're just moving around these cubes from point A to point B while avoiding spike traps and lasers. Um, and if you're doing it with a partner, th- there can be a lot of yelling. There can be a lot of cheering as you're trying to figure out how to solve it and keep the other person from dying. Um, and the the narration is fantastic because it's like someone is watching these two square robots figure out the puzzle and you hear the narration and this is there's a human and then there's like a robot uh, kind of communicating with each other and it's uh, the writing is very very good on that game a lot of times it goes on sale uh, I'd recommend uh, picking it up if you get the chance okay well I um, this this question kind of cuts me deep um makes me question myself as a gamer this year um so 
I kind of, I would say pride myself, prided myself on liking indie games. I can't think of an indie game that I played this year. Um, I think part of it is just having so many other games. Um, I don't feel like I played an indie game this year, which is kind of sad. Um, so I was a little bit like, man, what do I say? So uh, what I'm going to say is I probably need to cash in that, uh, that, um, 14 day game gamer pass with gold. What is it called? Surge game, game, game library, ultimate library of game passes. (laughs) Um, see, I, I'm just, so, so behind in the times. Maybe um, we should just reframe and, and the question the, for you and and say, yeah. which is your most anticipated to play indie game that came out this year? And it is a game that you played, Mike, which I thought, okay, this game has me written all over it. It maybe would be a game that I would uh, get through. Is that, um, well, help me out, Mike. Um, it's the action RPG, like, you got to give me more than kind of like Chrono Trigger, um, SNES maybe a little bit. I mean, it's like SNES on steroids kind of graphics. Um, cross code is that right? Ah, uh, yeah. Is that cross code? I wanted to try that one out. Um, I don't know that. That's 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 my like. I, I thought that would be a a fun one to try. Um, favorite couch co op game. Uh, it, Contra, and that's Ooh. that's um, that's a fun one. That uh, you know is is a challenge, but also a little bit easier when you're playing with another person, and then you can take their lives. Um, next question. Wait, wait, wait. Oh no, no. Okay. <laughs> now, I decided that since you couldn't figure out when the last time you played an indie game was. Mm-hmm. I picked up my Switch and I went to my friend's profiles mm-hmm. and I'm just scrolling through the games you have played. Yeah. And it doesn't tell me when you played these. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to assume you've played them all this year. Okay. But you played this amazing little title called Sausage Sports Club. Oh, on yeah. On the Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. That sounds very indie. <laughs> it is. It is very indie. Um <laughs> It is uh it is a uh a sports no not really sports a reality sports. TV based it, it it is a game um a multiplayer game where you play as animals that are uh sausage shaped um and do things like try to uh, knock others down or um, it's a, it's a, it's a laugh uh, maybe hit soccer balls into a soccer goal. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's the best indie game I played this year, but it was probably like a nickel at one point and thought that the family might get a laugh out of it. And and now that I'm glad that you got a laugh out of it. So there you go. Sausage sports club, pick it up. Um, hey, I did. <laughs> uh, yeah fun <laughs> I'm going to start a new segment on the show where I ask you guys to justify something from your history <laughs> I like that I like I, that yeah shame yeah. why did you play this game 
Um, Should I Sausage. turn my profile to private? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Sausage Sports Club. I think you <laughs> might have a lot of explaining to do, Patrick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, my 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 switch is uh, untainted. <laughs> yeah. So I've seen your the reviews. next question uh-huh, <laughs> is from your wife, Patrick. She wants mm-hmm. to know uh, if you were all Pikmin, what would your special ability be? So I guess we'll go same order, starting with Mr. Mike. I mean, my 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 alter ego on Twitter is Blaze Knight, so I think my special ability would have to be lighting things on fire. Because what else would I do? Mm-hmm. That's a good that's a good ability. So the yeah, the red like, Pikmin, yeah, the red Pikmin are resistant to fire, and then you just need a Pikmin that creates fire. Mm. Very true. <laughs> so we have Mike. The fire, the fire starter. Yeah, yeah. I could be um, orange, an orange Pikmin. Mm, okay, a nice citrus. <laughs> Serge, what is your ability? Ying, meet Yang. I would have the ability to put out fires. Oh wow! No, okay, that's a dumb one. Um, <laughs> I want the ability not having played Pikmin and going completely far from reality here. I want the ability to rewind time 10 minutes so that the moment my wife gets mad at me for not doing something, I can rewind time 10 minutes and make sure it's done before she gets to that uh, anger point. So this is a reality turn back time or in-game turn back time? I would totally have to be my so-called reality video game life <laughs> starring claire danes oh yeah you understand that even with rewinding time 10 minutes it's still not enough to save you <laughs> i could know when to duck i could know which room to not be in i would have time to get out of the house and down the street i don't and come think back when cooler heads prevail I don't think you understand the the superhuman ability of our wives. They're going to be able to negate that that ten minute time um, reversal that you put into effect. They're going to be immune to that. They're, no, they're they're going to remember. You think they won't remember? Okay, good luck. Good luck. I'll see you on the other side. My wife doesn't play video games. She doesn't get any special Pikmin abilities. Oh, Patrick, what, what are you going to, what are you going to (sighs) do? Hmm. So benefiting from me literally playing Pikmin right now, (laughs) I have, I have some inside information on how the game works. Um, I feel like if I was a Pikmin, what I would really enjoy having the ability to do is create some sort of force field so enemies can't hurt me while I'm dragging things back to the onion. That's mm. what I would have. Because mm-hmm. that is the worst. So I want to negate that. <laughs> you could put a force field around me so my wife can't hurt me when I mess up. <laughs> oh, what was your color, Serge? What was your color? Uh, black, so I can be invisible in the night. 
There's already a black one. Oh, um, fuchsia. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. So you stand out in the night, got it. <laughs> Hot pink. <laughs> Safety yellow. There you go. Uh-huh. Yep. I like it. Mr. Ryan. Well, I figured I would do something that would be analogous to how I treat my backlog. So I'd be the Pikmin who keeps bringing back and adding parts to the ship but I don't ever actually connect them so they never get used. <laughs> and my color, would, since, since it, we can't say black because that's already there, my color would be ebony. Mm. Oh, uh-huh. Yep. Or obsidian. See, then, then you're trying to play the game like, which one is which? And then that's you notice right. all your parts missing and no longer connected. Actually, I'm obsidian with ebony stripes. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's very chic. Mm-hmm. See, I'm confused on this question because I don't, you know, we've had like in-game question, in-game and like real life <laughs> uses. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little torn. I kind of like the idea. So apparently uh, I, I played Pikmin 3 um, on the Wii U, the superior console. That's right. In your face switch. Um, console of all time that's right <laughs> right under chrono trigger <laughs> am I right Ryan you know what pay, you you all will pay for your insolence in the after show I'm not diabetic I don't need to pay for insulin <laughs> I love it um I have Chrono Trigger. I'm very excited to play it, Ryan. Please. Please give me grace. Um, So um, what I think, what makes the Wii U superior is the second screen. Mm -hmm. So I would like to have a second screen in life that gives me some kind of extra information that maybe uh, like – regular life does not afford like some kind of what people are thinking what's going on what you know if there's somebody that can alter the time by 10 minutes you know if they're around or something like that that i could be aware um and uh, plan accordingly Mm -hmm. uh so the second screen approach that was uh only available on the wii u i'd like to um to uh, to have that in life that that's my and and my color um would be uh flesh tone i don't know yeah you'd what, blend in with the humans what right. was your color patrick i i missed it oh yeah 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 that's true i would be um um hmm. i'd just be um i'd be silver mm mm-hmm. i like it yeah um now now we're going to the lightning round. Um, so I don't know the best way to do this. This is old skinny Matt. He's giving us a lightning round. Um, I think what we'll do is I'll, uh, I'll start with Mike. Are you ready for lightning round? <clears throat> All right. I'm in the lightning chair. Let's go. All right. All right. Chucks or Vans? Vans. NES or SNES? 
SNES. Wood or steel? Steel. Keaton or Bale? Or. <laughs> Noki or Pygro? Noki or Pierogi? It's, yeah, Noki or Pierogi. Yeah. The Noki question mark at the end, because I have no idea what this is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh it, ouch. It's uh, <laughs> um, potato. Heartburn. Potato <gasps> pasta and dumplings. <laughs> um, Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest? Final Fantasy. Beer or bourbon? Water. Got it. All right. Serge, are you ready for lightning round? Skinny Matt, I apologize. Chucks or Vans? <laughs> Uh, Walmart branded shoes with Velcro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. NES or SNES? Super. Wood or steel? Steelers. Go Steelers. I don't know. Not really. Yes. Are they still undefeated? Yes, they are. And they're playing the uh, Ravens this weekend. Is that right? Uh, yeah, possibly. The Ravens have 18 cases of COVID right now. Mm, gotcha. So Wins. they're playing the, uh, uh, the water boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's going to be rough. Um, <laughs> Wood or, or no, I already did that one. Keaton or Bale? Uh, Keaton as Bruce Wayne, Bale as Batman, but really Adam West. Mm, gotcha. Noki or Pierogi? If I can get an old Italian mother to make it from scratch, I'm all over the Noki. However... Other than that, I'll go with the pierogi because it's easier. Okay. Final Fantasy or the Dragon Quest? Chrono Trigger. (laughs) (laughs) Beer or bourbon? Uh, Beer, 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 beer. No, sorry. I'm I'm on a diet. I can't have it for another uh, 16 days, so... Water before beer, never fear. I think I think that's <laughs> that's the same. I think I've, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Patrick, okay. you're in the hot seat, my okay. friend. All right. Chucks or Vans? Chucks. SNES or NES? SNES. Wood or steel? Wood. Keaton or Bale? Definitely Keaton. Noki or Pierogi? This is a tough one. Yoki is good, but it needs sauce. Pierogi mm. is good without sauce. Mm. Both are potato. Yoki. Potato uh, wins. Pro- yeah. Pierogi. Pierogi? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest? I, I'm I'm a uh, uh, Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Beer or bourbon? Beer. Okay. Um, that leaves my buddy, Ryan, Ryan, hot seat for you, sir. Chucks or vans. Well, I drive a van. So van got it. NES or SNES. It's pronounced super Nintendo. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least I didn't say SNES. Oh, Uh, Oh, (laughs) <laughs> um, wood or steel? Sorry, uh, U- uh, UK listeners, if there are any. Wood. Uh, Keaton or Bale? Mr. Mom. Um, 
I would have also accepted multiplicity. Or Noki. <laughs> Noki or pierogi. Ravioli. <laughs> Come on. Final Fantasy. Pierogi no. with sauce. <laughs> Chef Boyardee only. No. <laughs> Final Fantasy or your favorite Dragon Quest. We'll go for Dragon Quest on this one. Okay. Beer or bourbon? Water. Mm. Good choices there. Uh, I'm now currently, uh, as, as Ryan is moving out of the hot seat, I'm sitting down and uh, I'm going to say Chuck's SNES Steel Keaton Noki Mm, Dragon Quest Builders, Dragon uh, Warrior, and and water. There I'll take water as well. Dragon Warrior, Dragon Warrior. <laughs> um, guys, we did it. That is two hours and twenty nine minutes and fifty seconds in the books. Backlog Busters episode Ooh. ten of season two. Wow, what a what a day, what a night. Mm-hmm. It was foretold so, in the Chronicles that it would be an extra long episode, and so it has been. Congratulations, gentlemen. We've done it again. I think it. I think it's an average length episode. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. You know, I tried you to feel better. I feel like there's some insecurities there, Patrick. <laughs> tried to move it along. But... I'm fortified with my uh, choice on Final Fantasy. <laughs> Well, guys, um, you know, where, where can, where can the listeners find you if they want to catch up with you, uh, talk to you about anything that you've said on this podcast, uh, critique anything that you've said, or, you know, want to say, Hey, uh, I can go Patrick. Yeah. Uh, you can at me at, uh, <laughs> at Backlog Odyssey on the Twitters, uh, or you can check out our stuff on BacklogOdyssey.com or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash the Backlog Odyssey, etc. So if you Very look nice. Backlog Odyssey, you can find me. <laughs> okay. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Ryan, uh, where can uh, the find... Uh, people find you well the fine folks and even those who are a little bit less desirable can find me pretty much anywhere mathman1024 that's going to be on youtube twitter twitch xbox gaming so look for me there excellent and uh anybody out there who wants to get a little help with their mathematics may i suggest ryan's videos they're top notch uh surge Anything, um, how do the people find you? Uh, with a little love and some tenderness. Uh, gross. <laughs> that's rude. Um, <laughs> you can just find me at Grouchy, search for Grouchy with two R's. Um, and if you want to follow my healthy journey, search for the fat man in Vegas. I'm doing 75 hard. I'm on day 59 and uh, by tomorrow or the next day, in theory, I will have lost 30 pounds since I started this. That's awesome. Yeah. Impressive. Congratulations. Thank you. It's crazy. 
And Mr. Mike. Mr. Mom. That's right. You can find me exclusively on Twitter at BlazeKnight0923. I am also exclusive to Twitter, and I am the Trash Turkey at Trash Turkey. Uh, I'm on there mm, every once in a while, posting pictures of turkeys and uh, all the all the stuffings that go along. So, thank you, gentlemen, for being on this wonderful Thanksgiving dinner bizarre episode. And uh, until next month, we'll see you then. See you later. Gobble gobble. Peace out. Trap Have a good one. Dudes. <laughs>